Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tribe Method Podcast, Episode 1, the inaugural episode. The interview you're about to hear is uh, from the Water on the Waves Fitness Cruise in January 2019. We actually have a couple of these episodes that are going to be following it. This one includes conversations between myself, Evan Bardis, the head of marketing at Tribe, Elijah Smith, the director of user experience, as well as Chris Hinshaw, internationally renowned CrossFit Games athlete trainer and founder of Aerobic Capacity, along with Paul Tremblay, CrossFit Games athlete, part of the CrossFit HQ seminar staff, and the owner of CrossFit NCR. All right, so let's get into it. Thanks again, guys, for taking the time, by the no way. Problem. So I'm Evan Bardis. I'm here with Elijah Smith. We're both with Tribe. I'm standing next there, rather sitting next to Chris Hinshaw and Paul Tremblay. Uh, super appreciative that you guys could uh, could make it here today. For context, maybe, or to orient people who might not know for whatever reason, uh, tell us about the, the gym that you own and, and just quickly when it opened. And then maybe, Chris, just talk to us about aerobic capacity and, and your role and when you started it. Yeah. We started, uh, so I, I run an affiliate called CrossFit NCR in um, Ottawa, Canada. NCR stands for uh, National Capital Region. Um, and we've had that affiliate since 2013, um, and we've uh, we're still in the same building, but we've expanded since, and we have now, you know, close to 11,000 square feet. Um, yeah, and uh, I run it with two other guys, so I have two business partners. One that I started with, his name's Reza, um, and another guy that we brought in, who's also on seminar staff, uh, his name's Pete Shaw, um, and uh, it gets uh, it's it's grown to to a pretty decent level and, and now we're at the point where um it's like we're we're wondering you know where to take the business next um we have about 60 65 classes on the schedule per week so we're at the point now where we're not just offering crossfit classes but growing it outside of crossfit and uh and yeah that's where we're at that's awesome mm -hmm. that's awesome can't wait to get up there yeah july, july. And when you say growing it outside of CrossFit, yeah. does that mean you're offering different types of class types um, to yeah. apply to different folks? Or are you kind of using just like feeder programs to get them ultimately into CrossFit? Um, outside of CrossFit, I just mean like the fitness world. And I mean, look at this boat, you know, not everyone here is a, is a CrossFitter. I feel like there's a, there's, there's different ways to, to reach um, different people mm -hmm. and just getting them moving, whether it's with CrossFit or, or anything else or boot camp or spin classes or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah it, it doesn't really matter. And, um, we, we're, uh, our philosophy at the gym is we don't have any in intro programs. Uh, we don't have on ramps. It's walk, walk in and get in the class. Um, and we've kind of trained our coaches to be able to, you know, cater to anybody and anyone that walks in your class. Um, so we're not really going outside of CrossFit to to get people into our CrossFit classes. Um, I think that that still just happens. Um, it's just we want to offer more to our members. So if, if someone wants to come in and do a 30-minute class uh, that's just body weight, I want to be able to offer that. Uh, if someone likes the Concept 2 bike and wants to have a spin class, I want to be able to offer that. So it's not like our passion at the gym is still CrossFit. That's what we believe in. We believe that it is by far the best way to get people in better shape. Um, so we're sticking to that, but we just want to be able to offer more. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And Chris, why don't you just bring some people quickly up to speed on, on aerobic capacity and your role there and when, when you started it? 
So I'm definitely recognized as a endurance coach to the fitness community, especially the recreational fitness community, the person that uh, is interested in endurance training to enhance their overall athletic ability. But it's not somebody who is focused on, let's say, going to the Olympics and winning the 10,000 meter run. It's using you know, endurance to help their overall fitness. Uh, I actually got uh, my start um, back in 2012 um, in coaching uh, with an opportunity with Jason Kalipa. Uh, that I learned a lot. It was an amazing experience, but by no means did I have a fitness methodology. And so I started coaching elite level athletes for free um, by the tens and, and hundreds. And I did that for three years. Uh, in 2014, though, I met up with Matt Chan. Matt Chan won the game, or second place in the games in 2012. And uh, he asked me one night, he says, hey, you want to have dinner? I'm in town. And this was just after the California regionals. And we went and sat down. And during dinner, he said, tell me about what you do. And he wrote down six different, top six different topics on cocktail napkins. And at the end of dinner, he flipped them around. He says, you need to share this concept with the community. What you're doing is unique. And Matt was, I mean, still is an incredible authority within the sport. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't know enough. Well, he called me two weeks later on a Tuesday and he says I just want you to know that I booked you at my gym at CrossFit Verve in Denver and you're on for this Saturday eight hours and I'm charging people fifty dollars and I've already got eight people signed up I'm like wow that's super not cool but I did it and that's what started it all and so that was in you know I think it was like in May of 2014 and back two three years ago now I got contacted by CrossFit HQ and um, what an incredible privilege they recognized what I was doing, not just in terms of coaching, but also the programming and the teachings that I was doing. And we partnered up with the CrossFit Aerobic Capacity Course. And now I do 32 to 36 of them around the world, partnered with them wow. and delivering content. Yeah, it's super just, and I do them all. I do all of my own courses. I travel the world. I meet the people. And the reason why I do them all is because I'm trying to create improvements in this sport. I'm trying to find better ways to create these adaptations in the space that Glassman created. These are athletes that were passionate about fitness, but because they weren't the superstars in whatever sport they were doing, they were asked to leave. And even at the highest level, like if you talk to Froning, he loved the sport of baseball, but because he wasn't good enough, he was told he had to leave. Well, we're community-based programming, and you know what? We'll take that recreational athlete, and you're welcome. And that's the focal point. And it's really to be able to partner up with, you know, Glassman and CrossFit. It's been really an honor. Really has been. Yeah, super blessed on that. Love it. Love it, love it. Um, from the gym owner side, from the gym management side, uh, do you think the, the class-based model, which is really, I think, primarily what not just CrossFit gyms, but fitness studios in general really operate under, you know, 70% of their revenue, 80% of their revenue probably comes from that. Um, and maybe some shift down based on their personal training and what else they, they, they also offer there in terms of memberships. Um, do you think that class-based model works best for the owner or do you think it works better for the athlete? Who do you think is making out there? Both. Both. I do. I think that, that that's what makes the sport special is it's community-based programming. I think <coughs> that the problem is, is that if we lose sight of that and we start featuring the biggest and the baddest and the strongest, you're going to alienate the population of what's in CrossFit. And so being careful on how you're programming workouts so that you're not featuring these biggest and the baddest and almost as a byproduct embarrassing the novice 
then the problem is is that those novice athletes aren't going to want to come back mm -hmm. never lose sight that this is community-based program and there's no exceptions within that whether or not you're brand new to the sport or whether or not you're matt fraser rich phoning you should be equal yeah i mean <clears throat> if you look at i mean probably any affiliate owner will t tell you the same thing there's 99% of the members at the gym aren't competitive athletes. Right. Right. And for them to be in a class environment, you know, with their peers, throwing down, same workout, um, that that's a winning ticket right there. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's, I've talked to a lot of affiliate owners also who go and, and they try and go the, the personal training route to increase revenue. And it's just not necessarily something that we believe in uh, at our gym, right? We want to get people in the class. It's it's more efficient uh, for the athlete. It's more efficient for the gym owner as well, right? You can get more people fit in a you know, shorter period of time. Um, so, you know, you're seeing a lot of class fitness in any gym now, right? Like Orange Theory Fitness is that in in the states as well? Sure. Yep. Yeah. So they're like blowing up in in Canada as well, and it's all just class based stuff. And that's the fun part, right? And you're talking about community. I mean, this this entire community or this entire sport or fitness program is is based on that, right? Everyone just going to the same website, doing the same workout, CrossFit.com, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that yep. class-based stuff is uh, it's magical. And I I think about myself like a lot of the a lot of the decisions that we make in the in the gym are I always try and put myself in the shoes of a member. So I was a member once, right, when I started CrossFit. So every decision or, you know, whatever, I'm like, if I was a member at this gym, what would I want to do? You know, and I don't want to go in and do open gym or I don't want to go in and just work with, you know, one trainer one-on-one. -on -one. Like I want to go and work out with my friends. I don't want to have to sign up or reserve my class beforehand, you know. I don't want to have to do an intro program. I just want to go and work out. So a lot of those decisions, I mean, I'm getting off track here, but, are based on, hey, if I was a member of my gym, what would I really want to do? And that's go work out with my friends, 20 people in the class, one coach, let's go. But I think that's the hard part with gym owners is that to make sure that you maintain that that direction, that directive mm -hmm. of it's community-based and the programming is being all-inclusive yes. on that. And if, if a owner, an affiliate owner, is trying to do privates and one-on-one, the programming for a one-on-one -on -one is completely different mm -hmm. than that of a class of 20 people. Yes. It's a distraction. And what I like about what Paul's saying is like, we want to focus on what is our core business and that is community-based programming. And I want the workouts that bring the community together and not pull them apart. And you know what? If people are coming in and doing their own workouts or coaches are in there doing one-on-ones, Silos. it's like, yep. Mm -hmm. And that is all about separation, and it goes the wrong direction. Yeah. You can't do them both. It's a fine line. You're talking about programming and, and, and trying to include as much as many people as you can. It's a fine line between you know hard, tough programming and unattainable programming. Yep. Right? Like you want everyone in your gym to kind of have that goal of getting the RX or whatever, but you still want it to be attainable. And that's you know? tough. Yeah. That's tough. I mean, any coach can write a workout that destroys somebody, mm -hmm. but you know what? You want to write a workout that that athlete knows it's challenging. But when they finish it, they look back and they're like, wow, I didn't think I could do that. And when they evaluate their performance, it's like, I feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. And it's that what they are doing. That's the magic. If, if they can go into a class and the workout looks challenging, but when they leave, they're satisfied, that makes them confident. And that's what's going to get them to come back the following mm -hmm. day. But if you destroy somebody because you haven't thought it through, then you know what's going to happen? They're not going to come back.
And that's the tricky and toughest part about being an affiliate owner is writing workouts that build confidence mm -hmm. to get them to come back the following day. Because if Paul can get them to stay, he'll create the fitness. Yep. How does the dynamic work? Because I think a lot of what you do, and correct me if I'm wrong, is, is on like the personal one-to-one -one level. D does How do you look at you know when someone comes out of I think the class model probably does apply to maybe 99% of the people in your typical gym. Mm -hmm. Are, do you think about it that way as, as you're probably dealing with, with athletes who require that level of isolation and dedication and, and a one-on-one -on -one touch where it's truly a customized personal approach and you're understanding you know, much deeper levels to, to what they're capable of and where their weaknesses are, et cetera? Do you th see that as a, a migration out of classes for people, or do you think there's a, a way that that can actually coexist inside of a uh, CrossFit NCR, a uh, competitor's program, or, or whatever that might look like? So with all the elites that I get to coach, I do a lot of one-on-one, -on -one and a lot of it is it's truly personalized at the very like minute detail. And I also do those athletes and they're all coached for free, every single one of them. And the reason why I do both of those things, meaning one-on-ones and focusing on that detail and doing it for free is because I experiment on them. I'm trying to find workouts, programs, methodologies, progressions that maximize adaptation in that most efficient and effective way. And if I can make Matt Frazier better in whatever I am programming, then if I take that same concept and I apply it towards the community, I can make their improvement dramatically greater in a shorter amount of time. And that's what we're really talking about in CrossFit is the most efficient and effective way to create fitness. That's the whole thing within CrossFit. But you know what? We're a new sport. And if you sit there as a coach and you think you have it all figured out, you're kidding yourself. There are more effective and efficient ways. And so what I do is I have a large sample size that I get a test. And the great stuff like we saw yesterday is what filters through. Yeah. Do you have anything to add to that? Do you think about <coughs> um, yeah, the life beyond a class-based model or adding other things that you had mentioned and kind of adding other applications? Yeah, well. Personal training or anything what like I was, that? What I was going to say is the first thing that I thought right away is, Chris, you don't just coach uh, the best in the world. Right? right? You coach hundreds of maybe even thousands on a personal level as well right yeah. through your your program and and how every workout can be personalized based on your you know your mile time or your 400 meter time sure. so um, and, and just to be clear that's through yeah. remote programming right right aerobicapacity.com yeah, so but it's the same methodology what i it's about personalizing and, and getting an athlete to take ownership i mean that's the magic that paul is able to do in his classes is he is able to get the athlete to take responsibility of the workout come up with their own strategy of the workout and then evaluate their performance afterwards he's really making a class-based program and he as the coach is writing amazing content he's explaining the purpose of the workout but as far as doing it and evaluation afterwards that's the athlete's ownership yeah and that's a hard thing to do i think yeah very hard part about being a good coach is making sure that everyone in your class even though they're all doing the same workout you know they're all doing it at a relative intensity and for you to kind of look at the workout as a coach and know that, you know, Sally in the back is maybe going to cut down the reps to this much. And then John is probably going to be doing toast to bar. You know, like you essentially what I'm trying to say is you're personalizing the workout for everyone in your class anyways. Right. Right. If you're a good coach and if you're doing it properly so that they're actually hitting the workout like you want them to hit. 
um, and they're getting an ad adaptation from it. So That's I guess tough. what I'm trying to say, yeah, I'm, what I'm trying to say there is like it's almost we are, you know, basically personalizing each workout to the people in your in your class, even if it's in a class base. Yeah, and that goes back yeah. to the efficiency you were talking about, which is why it's best for actually both. Yeah. It's at kind of an equilibrium because they're mm -hmm. getting that attention in the class model. Too. And yeah. if he doesn't get it, if those people don't get it, then they're not going to come back. So that's your and measure. And every yeah. one of us, I mean, all of us, we judge. I mean, the great coaches out there, they're not judging themselves whether or not they get an athlete to the CrossFit Games. That's not how they judge the performance. I guarantee Paul... He's judging his gym's performance, all of his coaches' performance on retention. If he is able to get athletes to keep coming back, then the, the gym has done a good job. Same thing with me. If I'm able to write programming that inspires you want to come back the following day, then I did. That's my measure. And every gym owner should be operating it that way. Mm -hmm. That's the benchmark. Retention. Yeah. yeah. Because let's face it, in this day and age, there's a lot of distractions. Mm -hmm. A lot. A lot of competition. And how are we going to be able to provide programming that inspires people to want to come back? Yeah, come back. I mean, this might sound uh, a little crazy, but your Christmas party. How's your Christmas party at the gym? It makes that's a lot of sense. How, honestly, so man, come. Yeah, that's how I judge my gym. I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, we, who, you know, are, did, how many people are coming to your Christmas party? Are you having a good time, you know? Are people talking about it the next week at the gym? I mean, those are. The, I mean, it's just one little thing, but it it kind of tells you how strong is your community. That's a really good point. It's a great are watermark. They, yeah. Are yeah. they talking about it the next day? You know yeah. what? I just made that. So I I was just talking with somebody, and I'm like, you know what? It's how cool is it that I lectured on content yesterday, and people still are talking about it today? Mm -hmm. That made an impression, and that is what is a win. Like, if you're able to do that in some way, alter someone's mindset, right, their behavior, inspire them that they talk about it, mm -hmm. that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. And in a world of absurd uh, amounts of distractions, to still have that even 24 hours, 48 hours later, it, it's going to stay for months and maybe even years. And that, that's yeah. profound. And I think even what you're saying is in the very same vein, which is like one of the busiest times of the year is holidays. You have family, you have, yep. have get-togethers, whatever, for your own work, let alone what you do in your own uh, free time. So yep. if you find it important enough to go to your gym's, cross, or your gym's uh, uh, holiday party, yeah, yeah that's pretty yeah. max. Oh, I love that. That's good. A um, couple more questions, guys. Yeah. We're almost done here. Um, let me see. Our Christmas party was off the hook. Was it? Yeah, it was great. Uh, that's that's really cool, man. <laughs> we had 150 like people. It was great. We like rented this, this entire bar. Like it was really. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, Paul is a dreamer, boy. He thinks big. Look at those <laughs> eyes, man. Oh man. Um, <laughs> like you got to be careful, right? Yeah. Small doses of eye contact yeah. with Paul. Careful. So he's flying away from here. Boy, I know. It's like um, I can maybe dose myself with like eight seconds, and then I got to shut it down. So you've kind of already <laughs> answered this from an rope from your company standpoint, but I think from a gym standpoint, it'd be interesting. Just just for you, Chris, and then I have kind of one just for Paul. Is remote programming an effective revenue stream for a gym? So part of it is, is you always have to remember what is your core focus? Like, what is it that you really are trying to create this competitive advantage in the marketplace? Like, what really is that advantage? And you know what? Unfortunately, with the changes within CrossFit, 
everybody and anybody is going out now creating remote programming. And so what's differentiating your remote programming with anybody else that's you know exactly. on the block? And, and is it a distraction from what you're doing? Is it taking away from your core competency? A lot of people like take Julie Fouché. Julie Fouché, I gotta say, as she was migrating out of the sport, she came up with a very novel approach to programming. She targeted a small space, the working student, the working mom, females, that's it. She focused on a niche and she wanted to create that space only for her. And she created it and dominates it. Other people just come out and they just put out generic programming. What's the market? What's your advantage over somebody else? And I think that you know that's when they come back and they're like, how long does it take to get online programming going? You know, I got eight members and it's been six months. Well, it's because it's just generic. There's no magic. So that's where I always caution people. It's like, if you're going to do it, make sure you're going to carve out a space. And you probably got to be maybe shooting from a place where you have some notoriety already, right? Like if you're, uh, you or know, if, if Paul unique. wasn't Paul and CrossFit NCR was just, you know, a, a CrossFit gym in Canada. But he would have to do something that's unique because if it's just generalized programming, there's 50 of those out there. It's just an extension of what's happening so inside your four walls. Yeah. Right. And so the problem is, is that someone will come in, but how's he going to retain them? So he has to do something magical, yeah. like maybe Paul's spaces, because he's so knowledgeable up in Canada about the sport of hockey. Maybe he does customized programming for the hockey player. For athletes. Right. right. And what it is, is it's going to take an athlete that plays the sport of hockey and allow cross-training right. to improve their durability and competency on the ice. It would have to be something unique, because there's so many of them that are out yeah. there right now. That's actually something that we struggle with. Honestly, we started selling our programming <clears throat> probably six months ago. And um, I'm constantly asking myself, like, why do we sell it? Why, you know, why would someone pick our program over, you know, Matt Chance program, Spieler, Dan Bailey, Jason, Josh Bridges. Yeah, everyone's like got Rich it, right? Frank. And it's, right. Um, I think if, if you're in the mindset of build it and they will come, then you're screwed. So what, you know, what we decided to do is, I I want people on the program, but I don't care so much about the individuals. I want gyms on the program. So we sell the NCR program, and when we get a, a new affiliate on board, that's when I get fired up, and I'll call them. Yeah. And then we'll we'll have a chat. And right now, what what I think what we would be offering that's that's different is we're still relatively small. Like we don't have you know thousands of gyms or hundreds of gyms, so I can I can have a contact with them. So I think if, if you're able to give that, then you will hopefully differentiate yourself from, from other programs out there. Right. Right. So but it's a tough space. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's so tough. And yeah, there's not people think it's like the holy grail, but it's not it's this because it's not work. this turn on and things happen. No, because yeah. a but, lot of work. Because on paper, I mean, you look at it and there's zero overhead and you're already doing programming for your gym anyways. Okay, so just toss it on an app and people will buy it. And you the the price points for these things are you know, some are 150 and some are 10, right? So there's still, there's still like, and they're offering the exact same thing, right? So it's not, some people will go for volume. Like I know Pat Sherwood offers it for like $5. And what he gives in that programming, CrossFit Lynchpin, for $5 is insane. Mm -hmm. The amount of, you know, content that he puts out to people on there where you'll have the exact same, you know, uh, value, or exact same amount of, of stuff that you can get in a program for like, uh, like 150 bucks, yeah. right? So like the industry hasn't really figured out like what is this actually worth? 
Yeah, I think yet. people are trying to learn, right? Yeah, so it's 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 bizarre. And it's so a bizarre the, space. The level of personal touch certainly has has to do with it. That's why people come back. Yeah, and, and but I, that's why he like with his affiliate program, he calls them. Yeah, right? because let's face it, if you've got sixty clients. How are you going to call 60 and make that personal touch? Yeah, it's going to be really tough. Yeah. Talk to him 20 minutes a month. Is that enough to really justify it? Right. And then if it's 60, then it's like, well, what if it goes to 100? Right. Yeah, well, no, yeah. it's a very, it's, it's, yeah, a, it's a challenging we're not at, space. Yeah, we're it's not a, at that point yet. Yeah, it's yeah. a challenging space, though. Yeah. That's super interesting. Um, I don't have a ton more. I think I have one more that was uh, aimed at Josh, but I th- or aimed at Josh, aimed at Paul. But uh, you're definitely welcome to, to answer. It was yes. So you went from really working a, a nine to five job. Yeah. Right. Coaching CrossFit, uh, and then you know you ended up opening your own box, CrossFit mm-hmm. NCR. Uh, what advice do you have for those looking to do the same? I think a lot of people go grab their L1, want to switch gears. They're passionate about fitness. They love CrossFit. They love watching Paul. They love watching Rich Froning. They love watching you know elite level athletes compete. Um, but maybe don't have tons of business sense, and they've yeah. already already kind of have a, a life that they've built. Uh, but this would be this wonderful transition into something they're passionate about. Yeah. So what I always say, honestly, is is uh, have a team. Don't do it by yourself. I'm a huge. I'm I'm huge on on having partners, good strong partners that you can build a business with, um, and have a plan. Have a business plan. So we were v- very very lucky when we started. I have um, I have some people in my life who have done some stuff as well, my dad and my brother. So they helped us kind of build the business because I didn't really know how to do it, right? Um, so we we had a, a lot of help. And <clears throat> looking back, that's the advice I give people. Like, you know, you hear the, the term mentor a lot. Yeah. Like, go find one. Find one and ha- have that person help you uh, do this. And if you're doing it for the right reasons, you're passionate, you know, then it'll work out. Um, but have a team, have a plan, a business plan. And, um, it's, it, again, it's not build it and they will come. Yeah. It's not that anymore. So you're going to have to work really fucking hard to get your affiliate, uh, up and going for sure. But if you have a strong team, good partnerships, you'll be fine. But I think it also like Paul's a good leader. I mean, one of the things that you said is your passion, but you never stop wanting to learn. I mean, one of the things that Paul recognizes that, you know what, I'm out in front and I got to lead and I got to learn. And he never skips out on an opportunity to be able to do that. I mean, I, I was very, very surprised when I asked Paul if he'd be willing to co-coach, you know, down at Power Monkey. And he jumped up the opportunity because, as he told me later, it was a chance to really learn and to learn a side of thing and spend a lot of time. And now that that's right. Is a demo re- athlete, like yeah. just but take those great, opportunities. Yeah. Man. But that's what's going to make his gym when he takes it back an advantage over all the other gyms. And the ones that are going to survive are the ones that have the leader that is the most passionate, the most willing to do the things that others aren't willing to do. And that to me, like when you did that, I'm like that dude, that's why he's good is because he jumps at the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, there's a thirst for, for improvement. For right, sure. but it's all work. Right. It's work. Yeah. But he's working it's to make constant. sure yeah. that he keeps his advantage. Yeah. Because if you don't, someone else is going to do it. Yep. And Ooh, then next yeah. thing you know, the doors close, and it's like, what happened? Yeah, That's it's because right. you didn't work very hard. Yeah. You didn't jump at opportunity. Yeah. And you do. I think a lot of people, too, open up gyms uh, who are athletes and think it's just going to be, you know, I'm just going to work out all the time. But... 
Um, it's not like that, right? And when we started, yes, I was excited to just work out, and I had a goal to go to the CrossFit Games, but I also had a goal to make it onto seminar staff. I have a goal to, you know, opening up another gym, you know. So it's just making sure that your your um, your values or your your eggs aren't all in the same basket of of just competing and and working out, right? It's was, a it's a business. Was it hard? I'm curious. So can I ask a question? Yeah, yeah by all means. So for me, when I look at athletes and they try and be a coach and program for an affiliate, and then they have this athletic side of it where they're competing and writing their own workouts, it always seems to me that there's this conflict. And if you are separate and you leave your athletic career and then you go into coaching. You see a whole other side of people, but I see athletes that are really challenged when they're trying to write stuff for themselves mm -hmm. because it makes the workouts for the other bias based upon their own individual weaknesses versus the community. Mm -hmm. When you were fully entrenched in being a full-blown competitor and dived in deep and mm -hmm. then trying to write, was that challenging for you to separate the two? Yeah, and I did separate it. Like I, I didn't, I don't write the programming for our gym. Really? Yeah. It's because uh, of that? Yeah. It's I, just hard to be able to separate yourself from the two. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, I, and and leading up to regionals every year, I I, I let go of that uh, that burden. Um, so, some people really enjoy work, like writing workouts. You know, I, I know Rich, like, loves writing his own stuff. Me, and, me too. And you too, right? And it's just, it's not something that I really enjoy. Like, it stressed me out more than anything. Right. You know, to, like, really... I would just I overthink every single workout that I do whenever I make it up. But look right? at Rich. So Rich, he throws in the into his workouts, yeah. into his programs for, you know, like the community. It's stuff that he is weekend, stuff that he mm -hmm. feels that he needs to be focusing more time on and it has this bias in there. And whether or not the community, the general population, needs to do four hundred GHTs in the week. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. But that's that's why we that's why I've I've you know I've let go of that yeah. in the programming and I think what you were touching up on at the beginning too is being an athlete a coach a gym owner you have to be with your people you have to be doing the workouts with your people in the class I mean I think there's a I think it's like common knowledge now like if you're an affiliate owner get in your class if you are not taking your classes with your coaches. You're an idiot. That's you know hard. why? It's like I own a restaurant, but I'll never fucking eat there. Yeah. Like no, like test your service. Yep. Yep. Right. And when I'm taking the class, I it's I I always think, you know, I'm I try I I'm like I tell myself to just enjoy the class and just work out, but I can't. Like I'm, you know, I'm evaluating the business as I'm taking the class. And if you're an affiliate owner, you don't do that, you are literally missing the boat. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. So, to come back to programming, right? It's it's if so part of it it's testing your workouts mm -hmm. and and making sure that you know everyone can enjoy them. Smart. That's yeah, fantastic. Smart. That's what he's. That's why he is who he is. Heck smart. Yeah. Smart. Albert smart. Einstein. Yep. Super I just want to hang out with smart people <laughs> like Paul. Smart. <laughs> smart. Smart guy. That's a smart guy. Um, I don't have anything else, man. I, I actually, I, just kidding. I do. I want to know what's coming up for you guys, uh, and we'll end it on that question. So, what's cool. coming up for you, Paul, in 2019? What are some of your goals, or what are you trying to do and focused on? Uh, we want to have another kid. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah. So that's wow. that's priority number one. Um, my wife and I, we have two kids. We want another one. So hopefully in 2019 that'll happen. 
Um, I have a couple things back home that are that are brewing that are that could be potentially pretty big for the affiliate um, with a possible other location um, and other stuff. So those are the those are the goals there. Um, athletically, I'd like to go to the CrossFit Games. Yeah, probably on a team. That'd be uh, that's I think that's realistic to think about. Um, as an individual, not so much. And to be honest, uh, team stuff is fun. So, yeah. yeah. So I think uh, we just did Wadapalooza last weekend and had a blast. That's awesome. Yeah, it didn't go as planned, but I ended the weekend and it was like, this is why I do it. Like, I, I f- really enjoy doing this, So especially on a team. So that's those, uh, those will be the goals for 2019. Awesome. Hang out with Chris a little bit more. I like that. I hope so. Yeah, me too. I like that too. I might have to come over and just check out some Bravo with you guys. <laughs> you make it sound really fun. Oh Prosecco and stuff. Yeah, cereal, Prosecco. I mean, the oh, no, winning combination. Just everything. It was great. Yeah, no, it's at our house. It's full service. Oh. Yep, RFB, room, food, and beverage. I love that. <laughs> no board. What's next for you, Chris? Uh, so what's exciting, I, got th- I have 32 courses that are dropping uh, with CrossFit aerobic capacity. We're going to release them. Uh, we've got 10 in Europe, uh, four in the Middle East, two in China, a uh, bunch in the U.S. Uh, we're going back to Canada again, Paul's gym. Um, so that's good. I think the other big project for me that uh, we're working on really hard right now is taking that course and making it available online. I mentioned earlier that I do all of my own courses, so the capacity for me to do it is, you know, it doesn't sound like very much, but three a month. Um, is about what I'm able to do throughout the year. I take a few months off because of game season and with athletes. So what the plan is is to take uh, the core lecture content and make it available through CrossFit as an online platform. It's going to be three one-hour classes uh, at a lower cost, uh, but it will also get people an opportunity to learn the things it opens you up to that a I talk about. Well, that's it's cool. Great. Yeah, so... CrossFit's really trying hard to uh, become a, a solid educational platform for the affiliate owner and the uh, level one, level two, three, and four coaches. And so this is just going in light of that. It's that, you know what, I like the idea of taking this content, releasing what I know now, and then it will allow me to go out and, and learn new content and add it into the course. So all the things that happen in the sport, eventually it waters down to every affiliate and every participant in the gym. And, and, you know, when I started this concept of pacing back in 2012, it was something that was never even talked about. And now it's throughout the entire sport. The things I introduced here on the boat are going to be things that we'll see in three years that are at every affiliate. So what I want to do is why not take a snapshot in time, release all that content now, and then force me to go out and find the next generation work product to share with the community. That's great. Yeah. That's fantastic, man. Listen, guys. It's a real deal. show, man. (laughs) Uh, You guys are both the real deal, man. You guys are both real good. This was fun. There's a wonderful dynamic between the two of you. There's a kinship. Which uh, I just, uh, by the way, I guessed that i asked really? around our office and guessed i'm no like, way yeah oh yeah i'm like well, you guys have a great dynamic we've worked yeah. together yeah. So, yeah yeah no and a lot of respect i mean yeah. that's the thing at the end of the day i mean i have fun with him but i respect him a right. lot i mean a lot that's the thing is that part of it is is that if you're not respectful of somebody or you don't admire what they have done it's tricky and i mean paul really has delivered over a long amount of time and he's shown an interest no, you have, and learning and wanting to become better, and I can have an intellectual conversation with him. I mean, the guy's smart. Yeah. I'm not going to sit there, and he's going to talk about bicep curls. He's going <laughs> to talk about something else, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's always an honor hanging out with you, man, yeah. honestly. Heck yeah. Guys, thank you so thank much. You, we really thank appreciate you. the time. You got it.